time to ham up. Oh my god, I really try hard. Shut it down! Somehow it's the best. After the credits. A Yum Chunks podcast. Yum Chunks! Hello, everyone. Oh, no, you made a boom. <laughs> a boom? A boom. That's what happens when you haven't recorded a podcast in Hello. six months. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 56 of After the Credits, a Yum Chunks podcast. That is correct. We're back. We are still alive. Some of us are. And today we're going to talk about the fact that we are back now <laughs> what are we talking about today <laughs> who do we have today we don't have all of us here i am nat chewy and today we have sean hello sean i'm definitely back just like a dinosaur john goodman oh heck yeah and ryan great to be back matt okay it's good to hear from you guys uh yeah so uh we're doing an episode today because we haven't done one in like six months now and um the primary purpose of this episode is to catch up and talk about what life in quarantine has been like for the last several months and what we've been up to. And Sean's been up to some neato things. So we're going to interview him about uh, some of the stuff that he's been up to. Um, what is and, it? Do I have a cure for COVID? You'll just have to listen to find out. You're going to just have to find out. Um, yeah, Vince and Chris uh, could not be here with us tonight. Vince is working and Chris... Uh, has a child now <laughs> i feel like it's funny because they're not here and chris arguably has the most the biggest catching up to do but but also he can't catch up because of that thing exactly it's a catch 22 yes exactly uh okay so let's uh let's talk if that's not the thing that we've already been doing um <laughs> uh like what have we been up to what's the last six months of our lives looked like what has 2020 looked like for us uh i don't want to start so hey ryan how's it going hey going pretty good uh well, i think the last time we spoke dear viewers um i had just gotten a new job and i still have that job which is great <laughs> considering the state of the world um yeah but the job's going great uh, i'm working as an engineer um and uh yeah I'm, I'm liking it i'm loving it i'm getting to work from home so i don't have to commute I, I love that. I love that very much. And uh, and also, despite all the chaos, I've actually gotten a condo. So I'm now living in a new place, which is which is good. I'm here all by myself. Um, at least I hope I am. I'm looking around now. I'm kind of scared. Um, uh, yeah, those are the updates on my life. Just spending a lot of time indoors watching Netflix. I'm almost done. With Netflix? <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, I you, finished Netflix months ago. Um, you get a platinum sorry. trophy, and then they like refund you for all for the one. months you paid for it, right? No, no, it's just one month. <laughs> well, it's still worth it. You get a free month. <laughs> but unfortunately, there's nothing to watch now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they stop charging you for Netflix until they add more stuff. Okay. That's how they get you. Yeah, well, that's... How's, uh, how's working from home? How's that? What's that been like? What's the process been like? Yeah, I mean, it's 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 actually a little strange because for the last, well, what, it's been four or five months, I have yet to meet a single co-worker, so um, that's Are you weird. sure you actually are working at a real place and it's not just like some Dharma initiative experiment thing? 
Well, sometimes someone, you know, every once in a while, someone turns on their camera, um, and uh, they like quickly try to pull like the curtains back and pretend like it's not all a big ruse. Um, but they're still paying me, so I don't really care. Yeah, I guess that's um, good. Yeah. <laughs> that's good. Yeah. So that, it's, that... it's weird not having met any of my coworkers. That's the weirdest part. But other than that, I don't know. I mean, most of the work or all of the work I'm doing doesn't require like physical interaction. Uh, you working on any projects professionally or personally? Um, well, I think I have mentioned I was working on a, on a board game that got delayed due to COVID and it is still delayed, but, um, it, it will be coming out shortly. Look for it on board game geeks or Kickstarter or just Google it. It's called code three. Um, it is a 80 Google code themed... three, it probably won't just come up with the game. Okay. How about code three <laughs> board game? How's okay, that? let me Google that right now. Code See, that's... three. Should I spell out three or use the number? Use the number. Yeah. If you if you type in code three board game, uh, the the entry on Board Game Geek will come up, and you can click on it and read about it. But it is a and there's some YouTube videos that you can uh, watch that have reviewed the game, um, and uh, yeah, you can check it out. It uh, it's pretty cool. Uh, Meeple Man vs. Meeple did a review, so you can look at that. Um, I typed yeah. in code three, and then when I press B, it autofilled board game. So that's good. Ooh. That is good. We've made it. That's how you know um, we've made it. Unless Chrome was just listening to me in the, in the microphone. You guys ever have that? You're having a conversation yeah. in real life, and then you go on Facebook and you see ads for it. Yeah, it's, I, I just yeah. assume that is happening all the time now. Yeah, <clears throat> it's unsettling, it but what are we gonna do? So you're you're done with this project, or, or are you you get still developing it, or what's the deal? Um, yeah, the core game is complete. I am still working on like, well, I don't know, maybe this is spoilers, but maybe some future content. <laughs> That's a spoiler. Well, I don't know. I guess yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah. So yeah, that those are some side project fun stuff um i don't know if you can consider like cooking and baking like a side project but i did make i, d- I a, do i i don't know if you saw my instagram entry but i made a one person uh lasagna um made in like a little cup and then stay tuned for my entry tomorrow when you'll see my instagram post for my diarrhea <laughs> <laughs> By the time this episode comes out, it'll already be on. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, true. Yeah, <laughs> but, uh, yeah that, I count that as a project because uh, everybody's so starved for content and activities now that it anything counts. It's fine. Your Sorry. diarrhea is a project. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that's what I've been up to for the most part. Um, I'm sure there's some lo- smaller things in between, but those are the interesting bits. Um... Well, what about you, Matt? What have you been up to? Uh, what have I been up to? I have been up to planning on asking Sean what he's been up to. <laughs> because uh, I'm not ready, and also he's going to be talking for a lot of this episode. So, well, I Sean. Could go, I could kind of summarize some of the short stuff I've been up to before we sure. get to the main topic. I mean, um, 
I've been I haven't I mean there's no movies to watch, so none of us have ever watched any movies. Ever. I watched I watched some old movies, I guess. No no new movies have I watched. Um Ryan, I know you've also gone through a lot of older films and it's kinda of fun to we were talking about Mad Max before we started recording. I I just watched the original Mad Max and that movie is Yeah. Just really weird. Not at all what I expected. I had never seen it before. Um so that was fun. And and then uh, I watched um, uh, Zodiac and Silence of the Lambs back to back. That that just oh a, what a fun night! <laughs> I know it was an uproarious good time. Um, happy go lucky, just feel good all around. Um, what else? I don't know other rando movies, uh, but some TV shows. The new lower the new Star Trek animated comedy. I've been watching that Lower Decks. And I'm liking it so far. It's kind of it's by one of the writers from Rick and Morty, and it has that vibe for sure. It also has like an Orville vibe. Like Orville mm. kind of beat them to the punch a little bit with a Star Trek comedy. But mm. um, but if you like those things and Star Trek, you'll you'll probably like something from this. It's it's okay. It's I'm liking it. I'm liking it. Cool. Good. 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 Um, and what else? I'm playing some video games. I beat Paper Mario Origami King. Um, have you guys ever played any of the Paper Mario games? Um, oh, I watched you play Thousand Year Door for a little bit. Did you? That's I, oh, that's funny. That was a long time ago. I mean, that's it was a long time. Still ago. my favorite by far. Is I, I think the I, best. That's the one where at the beginning you you sit through like twenty minutes of text, and then it'll ask you if you want to go on the quest. Oh no, that's sit- um Super Paper Mario. That was the one oh. we. I oh, think. Okay. Because I remember that happened, and if you say no, it just goes to the game over screen. <laughs> and then you have Which to start the game over. Yeah, and I love it. I love it. And watch the whole the... intro again. <laughs> and um, it's seriously like yeah. 20 minutes long. Um, <laughs> uh, that's the one I saw you play a bunch of. Yeah, I think um, that was Super uh, Paper Mario on the Wii. Um, yeah, not Thousand Year Door, but um, that's cool. <laughs> um, but yeah, the Origami King, it's a, I, I enjoyed it. There's the, the battle system is kind of gets, gets pretty, I don't know, stale after a while, but the world is very colorful and fun, and it's just an all-around happy time. And I also played Ghost of Tsushima, the the PlayStation Four samurai game. You have seen or heard about that? It's yeah. uh, it's fun. It's good. It's like if Assassin's Creed. It's like an Assassin's Creed game, but with the sam- but in samurai land. Hmm. So if you like Assassin's Creed open world style, go around the map and find a little points of interest and. And kill people with a samurai sword. It's It's called a katana. Also, I those games and like Assassin's Creed games, you know, they're like they teach you about things a lot of history. Like I learned about the Mongol invasion during like the 13th century Japan, and I learned that ancient, you know, samurai, you know, warriors they could slow down time if they have enough energy, and then they could kill guys in one hit. That was cool. I didn't know they could do that. I so wish I could learn weird. as much about history as you have. Unfortunately, for some reason, I find playing Assassin's Creed more boring than history class, so uh, <laughs> I'm probably not going to. That's fair. And I hate history class. I would always skip. I would always skip it in college to go get a breakfast burrito before the cafeteria closed. So, what? Uh, well, how did you I, pass your classes I, then? It was just uh, it was just exams. That was all it was. The whole class. It was lectures and exams. There were no other assignments. I just showed up for exams. 
I got a B plus in the class. It's fine. <laughs> was it because you played Assassin's Creed? No, it was no, because, it's because I of all the skipping class. Photos. Yes, thank you. <laughs> Ryan Ryan is following. Yes, exactly. Um, anyway, the point is, I won't be playing Assassin's Creed anytime soon. Yeah, if you don't <clears> like those games, you're not going to like this. So, um, but I enjoyed it. Uh, but uh, yeah, that's what I've been up to casually in my off. Uh, 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 you know, aside from being stuck in my apartment during covid and working from home and blah 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 blah. all that stuff still pertains all right matt cool. you've had your due process due time my now due process. spill it now it's time for me to go to death row okay um all right well i've uh, been really hardcore quarantine quarantining which is the same as last you're time not a, you're not you're a casual artist. you're not a casual you're i'm not a casual quarantiner i'm a hardcore i'm hardcore about it um you know, for health concerns. Uh, so I've been staying inside a lot, but I've been able to get out. I've been like swimming a lot for exercise. Um, I've been working late, you know, through some video games. I, uh, I, I've been, I'm still working my way through the Talos principle, which is a lot of fun. I dipped my toes in the witness. Finally. Um, I played it for, well, actually I can, I have steam open. I played it for 20 minutes and, uh, <laughs> oh, you have barely done it. Well, that yeah, I mean, that's awesome though. I hope yeah, you play it's it really more. good. Really I will. I I am. Um, I, I started playing it, and I'm like, okay, I can see this is going to be a thing. Um, and it's so far in style, just like the vibe of it is very similar to Talos Principle. So I'm like, I better just like, I better just wrap up that game first. I got so bored one day during quarantine that I I organized all of my Steam games in my library into categories, including currently playing, finished, uh, queue, what to play next. Party games. I have all these categories, and I'm, I, I've always had a currently playing list, and it got to the point where there were like twenty items on there. So I'm like, okay, I better clean this up. So I knocked out some games, and I tried to do that once, and I stopped. Tried. There was a lost cause years ago. I realized so. It actually has been pretty helpful for me because I, when I look at my whole library, it doesn't seem so overwhelming. Like, oh god, what am I supposed to play next? Like, I actually went through and picked out a good amount of all right these are what to play next when i finish a game and uh oh, they have so a whole that, new section on steam now that says suggestions for of the games you own of what you should play next yes and talos and principle I, is right up there on mine oh good well you should check it out um yeah i definitely i definitely enjoying it i'm i'm almost done with it and i'll be switching into witness soon i also had this game in my library forever called insanely twisted shadow planet um and I decided to launch that. Uh, Sean, I know you're familiar with Aquaria. Um, yeah. It, it reminds me a little bit of Aquaria, except for the, uh, the the gameplay's a little tighter, and it's a lot shorter. I'm almost done with it, um, and I've only been playing for seven hours, and uh, I just started it like three days ago. I was playing for a little short bursts at a time, so um, that's a fun little uh, Metroidvania to knock out. You're a little flying saucer exploring... Uh, a planet that's being taken over by some kind of darkness and you get upgrades and you you, you unlock areas by getting those upgrades and whatnot. So it's, you know, it's that's a, fun. it's a quick little Metroidvania. If you feel like that gameplay, but you don't want to commit to the whole thing, it's a good time. Um, difficulty is pretty, it's pretty easy. So, um, I've been doing that. Um, working on some projects. Um, my wife Maeve and I, we've been doing streaming, um, the Reddit has a new streaming feature, so I've been helping her stream some art and some painting classes. Um, we, uh, we a couple years ago, we started buying VHS tapes again. We bought all of 
<laughs> this is going somewhere. I, I We bought all of Macaulay Culkin's movies on VHS. We were going to do a thing for it for an art show, which didn't happen because of COVID. But, um, oh, also because I got sick last year. It keeps getting postponed. But um, we had it, and we decided, you know what? Let's, let's buy more VHS tapes. Why not? So we started buying other of our old favorite 90s classics on VHS. And then we discovered that you can just buy boxes of bulk like used recordable VHS tapes on on eBay for just like a few bucks, like or for like mm. you know from like estate sales or whatever. Yeah. People just trying to clear their closet out. Um, so we were like, okay. So Maeve bought a box full of um, VHS tapes that have various things recorded on them. Some of them are like stolen from Blockbuster. Some of them are just movies that somebody taped from TV. We've been diving into them and seeing what kind of weird stuff's on there. Um, <laughs> You like Red Letter Media's uh, um, Best of the Worst? A little bit. Do you ever watch their black tape roulette or whatever? I don't think I've seen that one. But but this is weird because it's all rewritable. Rewritable wasn't even the phrase back then. Just re-recordable, I guess. Um, And so, yeah, we we still have no idea what's on most of them. Uh, We we did a Reddit stream one night and uh, decided, hey, let's just like like let's just point the camera at the TV and see what's on some of these tapes and uh we ended up we ended up getting our stream shut down so <laughs> oh, wow. um, but it, but it was funny because we started with we started with some tapes that were actual like not the weird bootleg recordable ones we started with just some like old school 90s kids movies like uh Richie Rich and like um I don't know the Muppets movie we got a couple of the Muppets movies on VHS and it's just fun watching through those old trailers on those tapes and just like watching all the weird <laughs> yeah. graphics and jingles that are on all those old '90s animated movies, and there's just some tr- previews for some movies I've never heard of, and just like it's it's very strange. We've been, uh, I don't know, we've been engaging in a lot of what we're calling um, interdimensional cable um, <laughs> entertainment recently. Uh, that coupled with the subreddit um, obscure media, we've just been watching a bunch of weird stuff because I don't know. You, we need something. Why did to watch. you get shut down? Uh, I don't know, but it's weird because somebody else was doing that stream, the same thing, and they didn't get shut down. I mean, their, their video is still up there. Um, uh, so. I thought it was because you put in a tape that was something maybe inappropriate. Oh, I see that. Yeah. That would have been hilarious. <laughs> I was going to say, Matt, you better be careful. You're going to stumble upon the ring video going through. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. Actually, I, I couldn't. I, okay. There's a tape in that box that's com- no labels, completely black, no case, nothing on it. And I couldn't get it to play. Um, we have a we bar we have an old VCR that like gives an error message sometimes when you put the tape in, and then sometimes you put it in again and it works. Um, but I have Did not you been try able blowing to... in it. Yes, actually, I got out my <laughs> my computer repair and work kit, and I got my compressed air cans out, and I I actually unscrewed the v- the VCR and took it apart and blew everything out and cleaned it, put it back together. I was able to get some other tapes that weren't working previously to work but i could not get that tape to work so i i'm not i'm not giving up i still want to figure out what's on that tape but ryan you're probably (laughs) right and we did say this it's probably a cursed videotape like from the ring um so you know that's what happened to me if i go silent and stop contacting anybody for a while or i just am still in quarantine um so we do (laughs) we've been doing that and just uh different art streams i'm preparing to go back to work sort of um we're going to be starting uh, teaching uh, virtually. 
which is uh, a whole thing. Um, so I've been, just been in a lot of Zoom meetings lately and trying to learn our new system we're going to use to teach online until it's safe to not do so. And it's a whole thing. It's a lot of, it's kind of the reason why I asked Ryan what your work is like online because we're still figuring it out. And my class, I teach stage tech. So, um, you know, we, I, I, I got through the rest of the spring term. Okay. Um, but I think, you know, we were already partially w- the way through it, but I think there's going to be higher expectations this time around. So I think just trying to figure out how to teach all that content that is like 75% hands-on content uh, on computer is a kind of grueling task. So, and then, um, Ryan, you, another thing that you mentioned was that you have not met any of your coworkers. Um, it's, it's interesting because I actually have more classes this year. Um, so I'll have like 90 kids and I won't get to meet them in person until who knows when. Um, so that's really weird because that first couple of weeks of school, um, in person is very important in just getting to know the class and what they're about yeah. and where their different skill levels are and how much they know about theater and blah, 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 blah. And it's just like, it's so easy to not engage when you're on a uh, zoom or whatever, like a kid can just turn their camera off or whatever. So, yeah. um, so that's, there's a lot of challenges that's coming with it. Um, I'm hoping they figure out a vaccine soon. Cause I want to just go back to school and do theater and play with lights and do all the stuff I like to do. That, that's ideal. I mean, everybody just wants to go back to normal, but I'm, you know, it's like, yeah, all right, we'll do this. We'll do this alternate version of school until it's until as long as we have to, you know, I mean, I'm fortunate more fortunate than a lot because I'm still employed. I'm still getting paid. You know, it's not my favorite way to teach, but we're doing it. So, um, yeah, making the yeah. best of a bad situation, which I think is probably a good summary of this entire year. Um, but, uh, yeah, that's what I'm up to just stressing, trying to figure out how to go back to work, swimming projects, video games, etc. That's, oh, and I'm watching through this, the entire series of the Simpsons, which I've mentioned the last few podcasts, but now we're on season 25 out of season, out of, 31 or 32 seasons we're on 25 and uh it's not very good at the moment but i actually i actually for me i mean a lot of people said that simpsons went downhill after like season 10 or season 15 or so i actually solidly enjoyed it probably through like 18 or 19 seasons maybe even through season 20 before it like took us for for me like a sharp downhill turn very quickly i mean i watched it pretty consistently maybe not through season 20 but i think at least through like season 17 18 like every single episode and then i would watch it occasionally and then i started and then i so i'd see episodes randomly through seasons 20 and on but then like two or three years ago i ended up watching like most of the season of of whatever two years ago and it was it was definitely better than it had been than when i randomly caught episodes you know in the mid season 20s it is crazy to think that like it's been on that long but that Hmm. it's still probably my favorite show of all time but that only a third of it is like what i consider like my favorite like watch a third of the of of how long the show has been on is so good that it makes up for two-thirds of what i think of as meh well it's funny because a third of the show that's still way more episodes than most shows ever get yeah Um, so it's like it's earned its bad episodes in my opinion also there's not been an episode where i didn't like like that i didn't laugh at all like every episode still has its classic funny jokes and gags it's just that they're fewer and farther between now where i'm at but um and every once in a while there will still be a 
really good episode. Like, just a really mm-hmm. solid, reminds me of the older episodes. But, but yeah, I have heard that it gets better in the late 20s. And um, we got to a point where, like, because Ryan, I, I borrowed your Simpsons DVDs from your parents last year. And I think you had through season 11. And we watched all of them and one on the internet. And they're like, yeah, that's a good place to stop. Like, season 11 is kind of, that. that's good. And then when they put it on Disney Plus, we're like, oh, let's watch some more and see. And it kept being good for a while. So we're like, well, shoot, we've come this far. Let's just watch all of it. <laughs> so, um, yeah. It is actually time. interesting who you talk to, too, because I think that different people prefer different things. So, like, our generation, at least the people who watched it when it was on, I generally like the, the first 10 seasons, first dozen seasons or so. And some mm. of the, and I definitely like there's de- plenty of really good stuff in the later couple seasons or you know the next couple seasons after that. But my prime stuff the prime stuff is like, you know, seasons 5 6 4 5 6 7. I mean, I don't know, season 3 is also you know what I mean like that's the whereas like someone who's just like 5 years younger, they love seasons 10 11 12 or you know what I mean like yeah. And and so people it is kind of interesting that just even a few years difference how much it changes your opinion of what seasons and what you think is the best part about the simpsons absolutely and it's also interesting because i mean the show is almost as old as i am so watching through the entire series like that is like revisiting every year of my life basically (laughs) because it's it 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 tracks with all the pop culture jokes and references and everything and what's going on in the world um and it's it's interesting you can see the style of the humor change as the series goes on Mm -hmm. somewhere in the late teens early 20s seasons it starts feeling a lot more like classic family guy which are like oh, okay yeah because family guy was huge that year and so of course and it, it's just weird seeing how the yeah. show evolves over time and gets worse and it gets better and characters change like for instance this season right now all the characters are completely out of character it's it's, it's very strange but um <laughs> but yeah it's good i mean i've had a, i've had a really good time watching through it to the point where i'm going to be very sad when we run out because then we're gonna just have to be like everyone else and watch it when it airs um but that's been i mean like... i've just been putting on disney plus on i'll just like start season four i haven't mm-hmm. done it in a couple of weeks but i would just like turn on and then i would just like have them playing in the background all day yeah there's a part of like, me that wants to like when we finish just start over from the beginning and yeah. kind of more casual have it on in the background when we're doing something else or whatever like how you're doing it because yeah it's really grown on me a lot i really enjoy it i'm like a lot of things i'm late to the party obviously but um yeah, I'm glad that that's like our big, that's like my big media binge right now. Um, and it's a lot, but we've watched a lot. So anyway, I don't know. I don't know how interesting any of that was, but that's 2024. I'll cut it all. Don't worry. Okay, great. Thanks. All right. <laughs> um, well, then there you go. That was our trip yeah. around the chunk fire. It got nice and warm and toasty. We've been freezing for so long. So I'm actually the exact opposite. It's awful. Why is it so hot? Actually, Why that is, is it true. so hot? In Southern California, it is extremely hot. And I had to get my car smogged yesterday. And um, I try not to leave the house, so I, but I had to. And I was wearing these gloves and all my hazmat stuff. And I was driving home in the gloves because the guy has to go in the car to move the car. And like the gloves were just full of sweat when I got home. Like I took them off in my hands, like like if I had dumped the, dunked both of my hands in the sink. That's how like it was just gross and slimy. Um, yeah, it's the weather's stupid. The weather has turned to nonsense. Um, anyway, 
Maybe we should go. Should we, the... we need to get you. Uh, we need to get you a good bubble. Yeah, you need Ooh. to get me a, a real good bubble. <laughs> or something like oh, you remember Batman and Robin when? Uh... I try not to. Yeah, well, I, I'm going to need you to because it's really important. <laughs> um, remember Batman and Robin when Robin beat Poison Ivy because he had plastic lips on, so he he, he <laughs> kissed her, and she he didn't die of poison kiss. And I guess that just means that she lost. She didn't fight back or anything. She just went, oh, man. Um, but anyway, I need that for my whole body, I think. Poison ivy or poison all over your body? Or black lips? Sure. I was talking about the plastic lips, but oh. any of that, that's fine. Um, you just put poison all over your body. <laughs> who cares? It's all the same, right? Whatever. Yeah. yeah I need some kind of flesh-tight suit. That I can go outside in, so I can resume my activities. Unfortunately, I won't be able to do anything because everything's still closed. So what's the point? Um, anyway, all right, that's enough talking out of me. Uh, Sean, let's talk about let's talk about the title of this episode um, and our main top our main point of discussion. How long? Did, how much time did we have? About half an hour. Okay, perfect. See, that could be a whole episode. That's good. We could just stop recording now if you want. We, if we want. And we and just lie about the title of this episode, even though we could change it after we record right now. But we okay. already said it. Anyway, this is episode fifty-six. Sean goes to Hollywood. I'm gonna t- <laughs> I'm gonna turn it over to Sean and let him explain what that means. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's uh, it's been a crazy summer. Um, we have a pandemic going on, and you know what you should do during a pandemic is film a movie. Um, it's pretty easy. It's a lot of fun, and everyone wins. It um, sounds sounds like you're lying, but all right. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, well, I think I had mentioned it. Maybe have I mentioned it in previous episodes? I mean, I obviously wasn't recording in previous episodes, but did I mention working on it or anything? A little bit. Maybe. Um. Well, last year I mentioned working on the previous film. Um, yeah. Can you tell us about that a little bit, please? Because that's that's going to be relevant real soon. Yeah, so I, last year I worked on a film called 12 Hour Shift, which is actually going to be playing. You could see it in theaters. It will be in theaters on October 2nd, as well as drive-in theaters and video on demand. I don't know specifically what services, but apparently it will be on video on demand. So there's a little plug for that. Go watch 12 Hour Shift. That's the movie I worked on last summer. If you remember, I think during our Shazam episode, I was in Arkansas filming that movie. And the movie and it's finally out, or it's about to be out, so you can go watch it soon. Anyways, so that was last summer. So this summer we filmed another movie. Um, and this movie, um, I was a co-writer, I co-wrote, and I was the first assistant director on. Um, and we filmed it, like I said, in Arkansas. And we were not planning on having a pandemic, but then it happened. And instead of not filming the movie, we filmed the movie during the pandemic. Um, in a state that doesn't really seem to care about a pandemic going on. Or movies. Or movies, yes. (laughs) So I actually did not go to Hollywood. I left Hollywood to go to Arkansas to film a movie. Because he lives in in Hollywood. Because I live in Hollywood. So it was uh, the (laughs) Sucheroo. Gotcha, I guess. I don't know what we got. It's it's interesting because... We we just we spent like a half an hour before recording this podcast talking about what the heck are we going to talk about on this podcast? And because there's been no movies coming out this year, and that's because Hollywood is shut down. But you guys are 
you guys are enduring. You guys are pushing through regardless. So what is that like? I mean, you you have two scenarios to compare to. Last summer filming a movie and this one. So how did, what, you know, what was different? Yeah, I mean, it's pretty drastic. I mean, part of it too is that the the film itself was just, is, that we filmed this year, that we just filmed, was such a different beast. It was such a bigger, more ambitious thing that even under normal conditions it would have been just crazy and very stressful and just like just a whole a thing it would it would have been mm. a thing um, but then when you add covid so i mean we pushed back filming we were originally going to be filming earlier in the year but because of covid and stuff we we ended up pushing it back so we we're in the dead of summer in arkansas which which added a whole nother element to everything but for all the covid stuff we had to go through a ton of precautions and guidelines and steps to basically make sure we were safe the most important thing but also that we weren't going to get shut down because at the time other productions were going on and they were getting shut down left and right because they weren't following strict guidelines about how they would be um following covid rules and stuff so i think i don't know the exact numbers but i think it was like you know during the time of our filming, during the course of our filming, something like, you know, 15 or, I don't know, 17 or something, other productions were shut down um, because they weren't they weren't COVID safe. So what that meant is that we ha everyone had to have masks at all times, um, except if you were an actor and we were filming the shot, then you could take your mask off. Um, but otherwise, even all the background actors, we had masks on during all of it, and we were having them leave them on in the later, even later in the shoot, we were having them leave them on during the shots. We would we would use handkerchiefs um, because it was a period piece. It takes place in the 1860s. So we would have them like kind of be period appropriate costumes built in for the mask. So to that extent, people wearing masks on side. So, and then the crew, of course, all of the crew just had masks on hundred percent of the time. Um, and then also things like social distancing, which is somewhat impossible when you're filming a movie, depending on what the nature of what you're doing. Right. So if you're a makeup artist, obviously <laughs> you're going to have to be touching people's faces right. um, and things like that. So, but there was very, like we had to do these things called zones where if you're in a specific zone, then you could touch the actors or you could get close to the actors. But if you were on the lighting crew or if you were on a PA or if whatever else you were doing, if it didn't require you to be, you know, in proximity to the actors or any other people, really, then you had to be separated from them. Right, so time out. yeah, time, pretty much. And so, all of this was going on, and then we had to be tested routinely. So we had tests, um, and they were luckily they were the uh, the finger poke kind of like if you ever donate blood, they kind of prick your finger a little bit to get a blood sample and make sure your iron levels and essentially the same thing. But it tested your blood to see if you had COVID. So we had to have that throughout the production. The actors especially had to have that more. So that was just another aspect of it. And then just like things like constant sanitation, uh, you know, um, uh, disinfectant wipes and, you know, whatever, all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. I didn't know that. So was all of this going test. on while you're filming a movie, like it's all right. And, and we had a specifically, we had a COVID safety person who was that was their sole job she just made sure everyone was following these guidelines or implemented new guidelines and because this was generally brand new in film production sag 
which is the one that kind of enforces a lot of these rules, was were like conveying these rules to us as they were being created because right. they were kind of coming up with the stuff too. It was brand new for everyone. So we're two days away from production and then SAG tells us, oh, by the way, we need a scene breakdown of every single scene in the movie, how many actors are in that scene, a layout of every set of the film, how close all the actors are going to be in each scene, and just like, you know, things like this where we're just like, uh, okay, I guess we've got to just just completely change direction, divert resources, do all this stuff. And we had SAG um, representatives come on the set multiple times to make sure we were following guidelines and inspect. And if they weren't comfortable or they felt it wasn't safe, that's when they could shut us down, basically. And luck- and not luckily, but, you know, fortunately, we we passed every time. You know, every time they came, they said, oh, this, you guys are doing great. I wish all of the productions followed the guidelines as well. So it was actually pretty cool that we were doing, like, apparently we were doing it well. And we were doing it, like, very, you know, as, as well as one could expect during a pandemic and making a movie. So all that stuff was kind of crazy. The idea of making a movie is already insane. And then just adding that layer on top of it was yeah, it's it's, it's yeah. interesting because you, you you mentioned fifteen to seventeen productions were shut down before you. Now that was that in like uh, Hollywood or Atlanta. I think or it was, it was like, all around, mainly oh. in Hollywood. But I think there were other location shoots that were going on. I don't know specifically, um, but I know. I think I remember in Georgia. I heard. I think they. I heard there were some productions got shut down in Georgia. And yeah, I, I could be wrong about that. It's just. It, I mean, you guys are an indie uh, film company. Yeah. And uh, I would imagine a lot of those productions that were shut down were big productions, like big studio productions. And it's crazy that you guys managed to, like, hey, we can get it together. <laughs> you know, like, why can't yeah, anyone I else? Mean, yeah, that was definitely a huge priority from um, from everyone. It's just making sure everyone was was safe. Uh, you know, the, the first priority is just making sure everyone's safe. Um, but then, yeah, just making sure we could still do what we needed to do. And that was... And that was just, you know, it was, it's like a puzzle that, I mean, the whole thing is a puzzle. The whole filmmaking process is just a puzzle, but that is just a whole nother layer of it that, you know, you, we weren't expecting and just kind of have to make do and, and figure it out as we go and what makes the most sense. So what, what were your, um, what were your day, what do your days look like? Um, so I, I mean, I got out there early for pre-production. I was out, and I had been out there a handful of times in the last couple months over the last year doing set building and other planning and blah, 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 blah. But for pre-production, it was a lot of um, finishing the sets. I was working in the art department for weeks, just making the sets, you know, finishing the sets, making sure they're dressed and props and all this kind of stuff. Um, but then the actual shoot was six weeks, and I was the first AD, which um, the first AD is basically like, they're the manager of the set. They're the manager of the movie during during shooting, essentially. Hmm. They they plan everything. So I basically planned the entire shoot, and that was what a lot of the pre-production was in the weeks, weeks leading up to it. So basically, I planned when we were shooting every single scene. I had a notion of how long each scene would take to film, scheduling the actors. I mean, it is it is a giant puzzle. So, Ryan, you, you know that game that you have, um, um, London Dread? Yeah. So most people won't know what this is, but it's this board game anyways. But this board game where the first half of the game is 
you plan and you have to coordinate multiple people to be uh, in different parts of London at the right time to do certain events. And then the second half of the game is playing out that everything that you scheduled and hopefully right. you scheduled correctly. Otherwise London gets eaten by Cthulhu monsters or, you know, whatever, some like evil force. That's what like making a movie is, or at least that's what being a first AD is, is <laughs> basically all, even the Cthulhu monster. Um, basically, <laughs> The first is all of it is in planning where I'm planning. So, okay, so we have this actor. We only have them for two weeks. So, but he's in scenes with this, 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 and this actor. But we only have this actor for three weeks. And this actor could only be on set during these dates. So we have to put all of these scenes during this date, which means we then have to put this actor during these two weeks. And this actor's in a stunt. And we only have the stunt crew during these <laughs> couple days. So that means all of our stunts have to be during this week. But this actor is in all of these scenes and he's not in any of the stunt scenes, but we need to film here. And then we only have this set during this, you know, one day, or these are all night shoots. This whole stuff is night shoots and we can't film a night shoot and then a day shoot because there's no rest time in between. And we have to, and each day we have an actor for a maximum of 10 hours. If we go, we can't go over 10 hours for any one actor. Um, but some actors are in every single scene in the movie. So how do we get them so that we film all of their scenes in 10 hours each day and so they don't go overtime? Or and we had child actors, and child actors could only could be, you know, there are fewer actors or fewer hours they're allowed per day. So and they can't go past 9 p.m. So we can't film any night stuff that's actually night with a child actor. So how do we film that? Like and like it, it's just like this gigantic, massive, insane, impossible, impossible puzzle where you have all these pieces and you you have to plan this out. And in some yeah. level, it's fun. Like, imagine that. It sounds like, in some oh. theoretical sense, I love that aspect. That's fun. I mm -hmm. love doing that stuff. But now imagine the stakes. Like, okay, but if you don't do this puzzle right, then we're gonna. it's going to cost us $10,000. And you're making this movie as an indie film with your friends. And you're going to make your friends angry or pissed. Or not angry, but you know what I mean? Like, they're gonna, yeah. you're letting down your friends. And it's ruining the movie if you don't put this <laughs> puzzle piece in the right place. So it's just – it's like this massive, overwhelming, incredible, impossible thing that you just like – and then you have it. So I made the – you know, we made the schedule. And I, I made the schedule. And, and the other thing, things are happening. Like, day to day, we'll get updates. Oh, it turns out this actor can't actually show up until – this time so we got to reschedule these scenes or this scene is you know a eight page scene which is a really long scene how are we going to film that in one day how many setups do we need how many shots are part of this scene this is a crazy action sequence of a scene this is going to take five hours just for these two shots how are we supposed to film this and then still coordinate with the amount of actors and and you know makeup and hair take two hours just to get this actor in makeup and hair so that eats into their total time that day plus travel time so we only have this actor even though it's 10 hours we really only have her for six hours because of makeup and hair and travel and now she's in this five page scene that we need to finish today how do we get this like it's like all of this it's all of this just planning figuring all this stuff it's like apollo 13 you have these tools figure out how to you know fit this circle in this square spot that's that's kind of right. what the entire process of planning is like so what you're telling me is the movie's going to be terrible <laughs> I'm what i'm telling you is that every movie is terrible every movie ever made yeah. is terrible i don't uh, know how movies get i don't know how movies get made <laughs> no i've always thought that i'm like i don't know how movies ever get finished much less how any of them are good considering how many moving pieces there are that have to all come together and align perfectly and be good themselves like a movie has to have be good on all the costume design and set design and editing and writing everything has to be 
firing in all cylinders. So it is amazing that movies are ever finished and that any of them are good at all, um, ever. Yeah, but, I mean, and so, and, and that is, like I said, that's just before we've even started filming day one. This is right. all just before we've even started filming, just trying to figure this all out. So you have the, you have it, quote unquote, figured out. You think you have it figured out. Like, okay. I think that this is going to work. We got it. And then day one hits. You're like, oh, my God, this is everything's on fire. This is not going to. How is this? How are we going to do six more weeks of this? That's what I remember thinking the day one. Just like, OK. And by like the first hour going, oh, my God, we're already two hours behind. We have literally not shot the first shot of the film. It taken, it's taken us two extra hours longer than we were expecting to get the first shot up. And as the AD once you're shooting the first day, basically you're running the set. So basically you are making sure everything is running on time and making sure everything that gets done. So making sure people are in makeup and out of makeup and wardrobe and out of wardrobe when they need to be, that the actors are on set, making sure that all the actors have what they need. So if they need sides or if all the props are set, making sure that lighting and props and makeup all have the time they need before we have this, like all this, all this, all this stuff mm-hmm. and, and, and still trying to make sure we're on time. And then, you're running the set, so you're the one who I'm. You know, I was the one who's calling, like you know, sound speeding, cameras rolling. All right, and then they slate it, and then they go, okay, camera set, set. All right, and call it when you're ready. And the directors, my friends, Jordan, Matt are the directors, and they call action, and then the scene goes, and then a boom's in the shot, and then well, you know, like it just like every, <laughs> and then whatever happens, or they forgot a line, or they flubbed a line, or or lighting needs to make an adjustment, and just like every second is just like. Uh, we just need to get the shot and get out. Just get the shot and what? Like, and wardrobe comes in to fix a collar on the actor that didn't got ruffled up, or oh, this prop was facing the other way in the other shot, so it's not going to match continuity. And or hey, in the law in the script it says this is happening, but in this next scene, this character doesn't have this prop. So what are we supposed to do with it? Like all of these things are happening. All you want to do is get this film. Just hit record. Who cares? Just hit record. And that's like that's what that and it's every single second of every single day for six like the whole time it's funny and... it's funny because you brought up the video game analogy i don't know what game you're talking about but it's funny because there's a whole genre of simulator games that's like that yeah. it's like this management or this management and it's funny because there's no there's no stakes you enjoy that when you're not yeah. you don't have ten thousand tens of thousands of dollars on the line but um did you ever have days where it's like this day is not going to be worth anything like we it, everything's so such a clustered f that you know it did so, you have, did you have any scrap todays or anything like that? Any- no. So well, I mean, it's kind of interesting. So I, we had really, really bad days for sure. There were some days that were awful, but there was no day that we felt like what we got was not good, or that we didn't get something that we needed, or that we couldn't use it or anything. Every day we got what we needed, and we felt like, okay, yeah, this is. It just a lot of the times getting there was just like we felt like we had just been just destroyed physically mentally emotionally and we had nothing left um i remember that and that's what the first couple days were um partially because this is my first time as a first ad i had second ad in the past or i had first ad you know done short films and other things but as a full feature at this scale part of it is just like you know this was a huge overwhelming thing but also the scale of our film um it was pretty massive like it's a it's a it's a kind of horror thriller it takes place in the 1860s in this like remote town. So we had <clears throat> entirely built set, um, and the scale of what we were shooting was um, way outside of our budget. Like in a really good way. Like in a way that like this film, we think it looks way beyond our means. Like, mm-hmm. and that's 
that's incredible. The lighting was incredible, but it's all these elements and factors that you, it's impossible to know until you just are there during that day. Mm-hmm. So the first couple of days were just really rough, just learning, growing pains and figuring all this stuff out. And then there would be better days, but even on the, there would still be awful days. There'd still be really awful, just worse days. But no matter what, we still got what we needed. There was only a few days where we didn't get every scene shot, but then we, we would reschedule it and fill it up on another, you know, shoot it out on another day, which is also stressful because, like I said, planning everything, I planned every single day to be pretty full. Like, okay, and and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, wait, we didn't get this scene shot this day. We have to schedule it. When can I possibly reschedule this scene? All the rest of the days are already, like... Mm-hmm. There were very few days we wrapped early. We did, though, and those were pretty good days. And so, um, you know, that's kind of fun. And it's kind of, you know, proud to say that we only ever went over, I don't know, a handful of days. And we finished early a couple days. But generally speaking, all the other times, we got what we needed in the time we need to get it. Which is, I don't know, I feel like it's a pretty good accomplishment that, yeah. that we got what we needed and it all looked good. Um, so you but said, like for example okay. like every single any small tiny little detail can just like throw everything off one day we were filming um a lot of the stuff was interiors in the first half of the shoot but in the second half of the like week four or five we were outside during the day which generally speaking is the easiest to shoot because there's little very little lighting involved um because there's not too much you could do there is a lot but there's or there is some you could do but not a ton um if you're outside during the day right you it's the sunlight mm-hmm. natural lighting you have some bounce boards and maybe some other stuff but it was a weirdly cloudy day where if it was just cloudy would have been fine on its own or if it was just sunny would have, but it was a lot of like scattered clouds oh, so gosh. every couple minutes clouds would fall over and so we were constantly waiting and trying to like get these little shots while there's a gap in the cloud cover and that because what would happen is like then the cloud would cover and it wouldn't match the previous angle right so you're shooting a scene and the standard scene is you do it wide then you move in for close-ups coverage of each actor maybe inserts or two shot or whatever else right so if you do the bat if you do the wide shot and it's full bright sunny and then all of a sudden cloud covers comes in while you're doing the close-up of an actor and it's a completely different lighting it's not going to look the same right it's not going to match so you're and them having you're literally we're waiting around already we're running late and now we're just literally waiting there for clouds to move and it's just like it's just like you're, there's so much tension and stress built up as you're sitting there trying to get like, good this cloud good just uh, and you can't do anything about it and it's just like that's just one example of just like the insanity of like yeah i don't know how any movie gets made ever and it's the simplest shot that's the simplest shot ever it's just a shot of someone standing outside and it takes an hour or whatever so it, you said it was a six-week shoot? Yeah. And you did, for what, five days or seven days or? Uh, five days a week, yeah. So oh, we, and okay. Yeah, thankfully so we had two weekends. Did off you try weekends. to plan out all six weeks at, uh, beforehand? or yeah, I know that oh, you yeah, said you had to sure. change the plans as it went, but did you have to plan yeah. everything out at once? or? Yeah, we had to plan everything. Well, because like I said, part of it is based on actor availability. And, right. and like like we had a, we had stunts in the film, and the stunt crew was a, it's a Hollywood stunt crew. They're veterans. They, they're awesome. They worked on a lot of stuff for like decades, the main stunt coordinator. Um, so he was a professional, and he was great, but they were only on set for eight days. So we had to schedule any scenes that had stunts in it during those eight days, and most of the stunts were nights during were nights. So for like an uh, entire week, we did a night. We were doing night shoots de- during that entire week, and night shoots are a whole other animal too, where you like you're you're waking up at like four in the afternoon and then you're getting on set at six, and then you're having lunch at one a.m. and then you know like it's and so your whole 
like world is thrown out of whack but then you're doing stunts and there's like fire stunts and and like hanging stunts and you know just like grappling and a lot of a lot of kind of a lot of cool stuff and it turned out great but it's just a whole nother thing where it's like okay now how do we figure this out but yeah we scheduled all that ahead of time because basically we're some you had to just mm-hmm. based on availability for different stunts and actors and all that stuff you have to pretty much have it all figured out before you even start did you find uh adjusting to the uh schedule changes and you know did you find yourself getting it getting easier for you as the six weeks went on or how did yeah, I, mean... I mean i think I, i'm trying to Yes, but then there would always be like a surprise out of nowhere day that was just somehow awful or just like, why is this day so hard? It doesn't make any sense. We thought we were doing well. We thought we kind of figured things out. And then all of a sudden day comes out of nowhere. Just some new element. Like, for example, there's one set that we had, which um, on paper didn't seem like it'd be a big deal. But it was this little interior that we had built. um, And it wasn't very big. And we were only in there maybe four or five days the entire shoot. Um, and generally, when speaking, when we're shoot each day, we're only in one set per day. That sometimes changes because, but because of the amount of time for setup and lighting and stuff, generally it's not very efficient to film in multiple sets in mm-hmm. the same day because it takes a ton of time to move people, right? Right. Move everything. Equipment. A company move. Yeah, a company move is called, and it just we want to avoid a company move as much as possible in the middle of a day, anyway. So, anyways, this tiny little set, we're like. Every day we were in there just felt like agony because the other thing is that, like I said earlier, we're filming a movie in the middle of summer in Arkansas, which was not what the original plan is. But then COVID forced us to push it back to summer instead of kind of springish when we were originally planning to. So it's like 95 degrees. It's humid. And the sets that we're in, that one specifically, was so small. And you have... In a couple of the scenes, there were a lot of actors. There was one day where we had like five or six actors in that little set. Now, that's just the actors. Now we have a dozen crew members. We have the two directors, myself. We have the boom mic. We have second assistant camera. We have assistant camera. We have makeup and wardrobe when they need to come in and make adjustments. We have the lighting guys. Like all, So it's just like these all these people pack and everyone's just miserable. There's no ventilation in this space. Everyone is just like dripping sweat, which makes makeup run and makes it harder and take longer between every single shot we have to go. And, you know, like and and. So it just adds this whole another element of just the physical toll on people where people are getting heat stroke and like no one actually got heat stroke, but just like, you know what I mean? Like it's right, just really, yeah. really hot and just people like people dehydrated and need breaks and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, why I'm asking this for this movie and for the one that you shot last year. Um, but why, why Arkansas is, is, uh, why, um, because my friend, uh, Jordan, he and, and Tara Perry, they're producers on the film and Jordan, Tara wrote, co-wrote this. They wrote the film as their story. Uh, like I said, I helped co-write it with them. Um, but they are from Arkansas. So they were, and the film itself takes place in Arkansas. So there's kind of a little bit of reason there. But m- more importantly, and mainly, it's because it's cheaper there. And we were, they were able to buy a large plot of land for really cheap. And they were able to build an entire, like, town, basically, on this this property in Arkansas. Um so that's why we filmed it. That's primarily that's why we filmed it. This movie there, and last movie would took place in a hospital. The one we filmed last year, and we were able to basically rent out an entire floor of a hospital to shoot huh. in Arkansas. So it was just kind of like they, there was a lot of things that made sense financially. Is the biggest thing. It was just way cheaper. We could make our our money went a lot further than if we were trying to film 
in you know in LA here, obviously. Um, but then also just like a lot of connections they had there, family and just you know people in different you know they are friends with this person they could hook them up with this they were friends with this person they could hook them up with this, uh, this that kind of thing. Oh, uh, that makes sense. Yeah, because like, you know the big the big question I've had is that like it's not known as a place to for movies. I mean, like Atlanta yeah, is no, Canada, sure. certain cities in Canada, the UK, but like yeah, the facilities not, and yeah. you, you don't have access to like sound stages or things like, you know, it's, yeah. it sounds like you pretty much have to provide any resources that you need to make this happen. Yeah. I mean, I think too, it, the Arkansas film, you know, it's not a huge film state, but there's a few things. And then also, um, just us filming there for the last two years has got a little bit more buzz. So there's a little bit more like publicity about filming things there. Also like true detective season two or three film there, oh. I think. Um, so, you know, there's a little, I don't know if I'm not going to say it's like, it's taking off the new Arkansas, but I, I, there's a little bit more things kind of moving there again, because it's relatively cheap. Um, it's spread out the land. There's a lot still you can do there with the land. Like, you know what I mean? Uh -huh. Um, I think the the county we filmed in or something has more millionaires per capita just because the land is so cheap. There's so there's all these like really nice houses and all this stuff oh. and the, and the medical. The other thing too is that the hospital there is one of the best in the country because partially because there's so many millionaires nearby. So, um, hmm. so all that kind of helped and stuff. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, it, it primarily is just you know the it wouldn't we wouldn't have done in Arkansas if they weren't from Arkansas. Right. So um, the main, like, but it sounded like in, in many ways it worked out really well. Yeah. Um, you, yeah. you mentioned that you built a town. Now, I'm guessing mostly facades. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, if you think of kind of like a Western town, yeah. that it kind of gives you an idea. It's not quite the same. It takes place in Arkansas, so like Appalachia and the Ozarks. So it's more like, imagine more like the Shire from the Lord of the Rings, mm -hmm. like that kind of environment, but with a pioneer y, frontiers y kind of westerny look so yeah um mainly facades with with fences like a giant fence um and then a couple actual full sets so the main thing is we built this uh bar uh pub like bar um and we built that entirely on location as part of the town so you could you know fully you could go in from the outside facade you know town build into this bar that was fully decked out and i i might have even said some pictures or maybe you've seen some pictures of stuff we had worked on, but with, you know, a bar and it was also, um, lots of, you know, tables and it's all, it was also, it's also like an inn. So there was like a second, a stairwell, second floor. So that was the biggest like set set that was fully built out. But yeah, the rest of it in terms of building the town yeah, you're right. It was, it was primarily facades. Did, uh, did you guys hang out in the bar that you built after shooting? Um, we did a couple, we never like really like sat around all night and like drank in there or, you know, or partied or ate or stuff like that. But yeah, we would hang out there partially because that was one of the few rooms that had air conditioning. Oh. Um, and even if that wasn't great because it's such a, it was such a huge area. It didn't circulate very well. And again, we couldn't really hang out because of COVID. We mm. could only like to a certain extent have so many people in on set at a time. Right. Um, <laughs> so that's another thing, you know is the COVID rules. Like I said, in the small room, as much as we did have people in there, we constantly had to have people cycling out, especially at the smaller sets where we couldn't have all the people that would normally be on a set 
mm-hmm. couldn't have all the people in there because of COVID and stuff. So. Man, what an unfortunate, like, you, you have to spend the entire time doing this backbreaking labor, and then everybody has yeah. to just go away by themselves. Yeah, I mean, they basically rented out two floors at a local, at the hotel in town, and we all had those entire floors for the entire film cast and crew so that we didn't ever have to interact with it we had our own private entrance and you know our own little like uh meeting room like you know hotels have like ballrooms or meeting rooms Mm -hmm. so one of ours was specifically for us so we didn't have to like interact with the anyone outside of the production um so that was that was good that made us feel more safe and everything was and it helped us stay quarantined um because like i said a lot of people in arkansas did not seem to care or wear masks and that kind of thing so is that town still out there? Is it just like, yeah? <laughs> more importantly, in ghost town. Mainly importantly, yeah. is the bar still there? Yeah, there. It's also so we did we did wrap all the props for the most part. We got all, but the structure of the bar, all the main structure is still in place, and the town is still there. All the facades and stuff, but all any like detailed props or you know more intricate like signs of the town we took down and some of the light fix a lot of all the light fixtures we took down and um those types of things but yeah there's still the town is still out there on this i mean the land is we is all gated is fenced off like it's not open open it's it's on this old property of all these old cotton warehouses that they used like 40 50 years ago that hasn't been used in forever um that's why it was so cheap is they bought it and we turned in the warehouse into the production space and another warehouse into the bar set. Um, oh. And then the land between these spaces was the, um, was the town. Um, and that's, you know, and like I said, going back to previous when we we're building when mainly Jordan um, for the last year, a couple months, he was out there building the town for this last year, like him and his dad, another um, friend um, crew member, were building it out there themselves but they had to like ship in 120 dump trucks full of dirt to make these hills and like and then grow wow. grass on it so it looked like you know you know natural and all this stuff that is that's quite involved that's pretty crazy i want to go to that town i want to see it yeah, yeah it would gonna... like speculate we should do like an turn it into escape room or a haunt for halloween and like have people come through i don't know like it or, or yeah. like you mentioned the shire they do tours of the shire yeah, um, yeah. you guys can uh, charge a bunch of money to take a tour of <laughs> exactly. the, uh, the ghost town well i mean if the movie takes out. off which and everyone wants to it, go it, see it, exactly. it, could, it could i mean right now yeah. uh, your previous movie um 12 hour shift is I, I think probably a front runner for best picture, uh, along with along <laughs> yeah. with Sonic the Hedgehog. Um, yeah, there's like no competition. <laughs> that's your biggest your competition right now. It's Sonic, Sonic exactly. the Hedgehog. No, I don't know if he's a shoe in. I I wouldn't count out Sonic. In fact, I'm betting on it. But um, but it Fair sounds enough. like uh, yeah. I mean that that could be a fun. Uh, maybe not a tourist attraction, but it'd be a fun little thing to go yeah, visit. Yeah, I mean, it looks really cool. I, and there's we took tons of pictures. And obviously, when everyone sees the movie, hopefully, you get a sense of what it looked like oh i'm very excited about actually yeah seeing what it looked like um but uh oh my gosh how many scenes are you in uh so i am in it as an extra um Ooh. i i'm actually not quite sure what scenes they will 100 i will be seen in I know for sure one, possibly a couple others. Um, I mean, that was another thing with background is that we were just using, you know, family members of the crew or a lot of just like townsfolk, local townsfolk and stuff. And that's another thing a first AD does is just like manage the background, making sure they're like 
showing coordinate everyone showing up on time and then again adding covid procedures making sure they get tested every time they come on like they we don't allow them on a set oh everyone had to get their temperature taken every single day you know those kind of things um but then while you're on set it's like so we're in the bar scenes and first ad his job is to like kind of place background so i'm just like okay you guys are sitting at this bar and you guys are chatting and your guy you're kind of drunk standing over there and you and then when we're outside walking around town okay you guys are walking the, like it sounds kind of silly but it's also that part's kind of fun i was gonna but, say that I mean, sounds it's, super it's fun you stressful. give people like random backstories like you yeah, just got divorced and then some people <laughs> would show up more often than others like there would be some background that would show up like all the time so there'd be like some people that would be in a lot of different scenes as background and they almost became like a little like character in their own right um oh that's fun but then yeah just like having them like okay so when they hit this mark you guys will walk cross frame this way and you'll do this this and this and then also trying to match it with continuity so when we're filming you know an angle and then filming the reverse making sure that the background kind of makes sense in terms of where they're moving and all that kind of thing if Um, i if i may hijack for just a little bit um yeah several years ago i was on a uh I was an extra on like a travel channel show about like theme parks and roller coasters. I got, I got to be, it was yeah. at Knott's Berry Farm. They did Accelerator and they shot everything before the park opened. So we had to get there at like 5 a.m. Um, mm-hmm. And so they did all the roller coaster stuff. And then afterwards, they wanted to interview a bunch of the extras as if they were park guests. So they had to make the park look like it was open. So they were like, all right, if you're not being interviewed, like just go like a hundred feet in the background and just like walk around like you're a guest. And like, (laughs) I didn't know that we were going to have to do that. So like I went like as far as I could and still be in the camera and I went to a trash can and I just like walked around it in circles for the entire time. Like I didn't want to like at first I'm like, I'm a guest, but I didn't like have any props or anything. I could like, I'm like, okay, I'll just walk back and forth. But they didn't give us any kind of direction. (laughs) Like they just said, "Uh, go walk around. I guess for that, which is kind of a semi-documentary mm-hmm. kind of thing, I guess. I don't know. But, I, I mean, also the other thing is, like, we were somewhat limited. Like, we didn't have hundreds of people. Because you were filming while the park was open? Or was it No, it was, it was, it was early in the morning before the park oh, opened. there was no one else there? So there uh, were no guests. The park was empty except yeah. for the 30 of us that they that they that we got to be extras yeah um so yeah they'd had to make it look like the park which i didn't realize that when they do shows like that like oh yeah a lot of it's probably staged and you don't you don't you don't really think about you don't really think about the stuff that goes into making tv or movies and that like there's a guy who has to make sure the background looks good and you're the guy (laughs) yeah i mean that and, and the thing is that's like at the same time is it's fun and kind of fun but it's also like stressful because it's just like uh, we're already 10 you know we need to be out of this scene in 10 minutes and we're already an hour behind and this background doesn't know how to uh, and you know what i mean so it's also mm-hmm. like stressful in that aspect and that's also like one of the least things you're thinking about at the time the other thing is a lot of these scenes we want the crowd to look like it's a it's a town we don't actually have hundreds of people though. Right. So how do you make it look like these, there's a lot more people than there are. And there are tricks to do that. And it's, that's kind of fun too. It's just like making maybe 10 people look like 50 or 20 people look like a hundred. You know what I mean? Like using just like just certain camera angles, but also just like positioning people in very key parts of the frame or simple, crazy, funny things like, uh, okay, just, swap hats with that guy and take off your jacket you're a different person now and walk this way you know what i mean like <laughs> right, things like yeah. that. um so yeah that was all like a kind of a fun another fun aspect to everything that um 
Yeah. That you don't really, I don't know, you don't think about when you're watching movies. I no, guess. not at all. And that's, that's the thing about doing tech. I mean, I do that stuff for stage, and it's like, if everything's done well, the average audience member's not going to notice it. Yeah, exactly. And so it's kind of a thankless job in that way that, you, yeah. you know, and it's, and again, that activity of having to be in charge of the backgrounds and everything, like, that sounds like fun if the stakes weren't so high. <laughs> like, that, yeah. that sounds yeah. like it'd be a fun thing to do, but, um, but yeah, I, I, I don't, yeah, it's just like one of many things where, you don't notice it unless it's bad. So yeah, that's the, yeah, it's, yeah. I mean, that's true with so many things, but like you won't notice it unless it's bad, right? Mm-hmm. So if we did our job in a lot of those things, it's something you won't even, or as an audience, won't really consciously know or recognize. Um. So yeah, I but, um, I bet that makes you feel pretty useless. <laughs> I mean, at times it totally does. Because the other thing too is it's like as the first AD, you both feel like. You are have the most stressful, important job, but also the least important because you're not you're not uh, a specific creative aspect of any one department, right? I'm not like making sure the person looks good in their costume or making sure their wardrobe or their makeup looks good, or I'm not making sure the lighting. Like all I'm doing is just like like i feel like the middleman you know if, it's like you're, ways, it feel, you feel you, like the middleman like the glue sort of you're like yeah exactly you're like facilitating the artists you're not yeah. it, it maybe could feel like you're not actually do, making the art you're not the artist itself but i mean that's not i mean it's kind of interesting because i was a co-writer so there were some times mm. where it you know whatever I, I i did feel a little bit like more involved in that aspect mm-hmm. but at that once you're shooting it's really in the director's hands now obviously there are plenty of times where we had talks about if we wanted to change anything and stuff but generally speaking you know once the director's there doing it they're doing their thing and you got to just make sure they can do their thing um but so a lot of times and then even when you're like yelling things out you're like why am i yelling this out and then like so much of it's just on the radio too because everyone has radio so you're constantly talking like okay 15 till shot up on scene blah 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 hey we need to have blah 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 out of makeup in five minutes um and they're not out of makeup in five minutes hey how's it looking on blah 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 oh five more minutes why don't you tell me that five minutes go we're already behind oh my god oh my god and but you just have to be calm and like okay cool just let me know when they're done and inside your head you're just like oh my god god i'm gonna uh, i'm gonna i'm gonna kill them um <laughs> and then and then so you have and then people are always and you're the person to go to with any if anyone has any questions you're always the first person to go to sean what are we doing sean i mean that's most that's the main <laughs> question like sean what are we doing <laughs> what, what do you mean it's in the sky and that's the other thing is every day i and my second director had to create the call sheet for the next day so after we're done shooting your job's not even done because then you have to go back to your computer and like, oh, here, what's the call sheet for tomorrow? And then you start fine-tuning what you planned six weeks ago for the full schedule. Right. So you planned all these scenes for the day and then you get to the night before and you're like, oh my God, there's no way we're going to be able to film this tomorrow because we learned that this scene or this whatever location actually takes five hours to film two shots. And we didn't think it would be that complicated. But now that we've actually started filming here, we know it's that complicated – how do we change tomorrow to make it make more sense? You know what I mean? Right. So we're also like doing audibles every single night. You're replanning the next day without yeah. being able to actually replan because you're limited by actors and availability. So it's like, okay, well, we can't reschedule actors. We can't bring an actor who's not here yet. So we are stuck with what we got, but we still got to make sure to somehow make this make sense. So then you have that schedule and that's what you're going off the whole next day. So the next day when people ask, 
hey, Sean, what are we doing? What are we going to? It's like, it's on the sketch. It's there. It's on the call sheet. It's on the call sheet. We're going to scene 12. We're going to scene 12. Just look. It's, it's a, and like, well, uh, hey, Sean, is this going to be in shot? Hey, Sean, how much time do we have? Sean, what's the... And so it's just constantly bugging in your ears. Of like, And I'm saying this in a very, like, I, I don't mean to be mean about it at all. Like, I'm not saying anything. It's just the nature of, of It's the just process. the nature of that position, that process of just like, you have all these people trying to get their job done. And you're the person who has to make sure it works for everyone. Like, uh, the more I did it, the more I realized, like, I think a key of being a good AD is, is, is like, almost like a golf video game. You know how you have to, like, you hit the button and then you have to hit it again when it hits that very small little target area? Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think if that makes sense. What's, what's a better example? Basically, you have all these things that are trying to that are trying to line up, right? Like all these moving things, like a tart, a, a, a shooting gallery, or I don't know something. And there's a very, very minuscule amount of time where everything lines up, and you just gotta go, go. And then if if you know if one thing goes off, like oh, boom was in the shot, then all of a sudden you know now the actors wandered off, and now makeups come in, and they have to readjust this. It's gonna take five minutes, and we missed our opportunity. And now the clouds covering the sun. That was our one shot. Now we gotta wait twenty minutes, and now we're an hour and a half behind because we didn't get that five second little window to get this shot. And you know, that's a lot of the key is just timing everything and knowing when to go. Just like, go, we're going, we're going now. doesn't matter who cares. They don't have their, you know, makeup prosthetic on. doesn't matter. It's not in this angle. We'll get around, you know, like those types right, of things. Yeah. It's I like mean, shooting womp rats in beggars Canyon. I, I get the idea. <laughs> um, actually, so Sean, have you ever heard the, this quote, uh, plans are worthless, but planning is everything. Um, I haven't heard that. I've heard that quote, it, and I'm yeah, fam- it's, it's, I'm familiar it's, it's with an, that. Yeah, it's, Eisen, it's uh, Dwight Eisenhower. But um, a lot of what you're talking about in terms of planning like, is ri- reminding me a lot of what I have to do as an engineer, where you, you can spend so much time planning and planning and planning and coming up with a plan, but, yeah. but ultimately, whatever preparation you've made is worthless. And it's just about the important part is actually doing the planning and yeah. it, it, cause it, that's, I mean, it's cause you, you're you, like every night you have to plan for the next day, knowing full well that the plan that you've written down will not come to fruition. Yeah. It will not actually be executed, <laughs> but that's not the important part. You still have yeah. to do it. Well, in yeah, order, exactly. you know, yeah. so I, I, it just, it's like, I've never seen a more, uh, realized a- example of that quote than what you're describing right now. Yeah. It's interesting. Cause he, you know, um, part of the process of planning is becoming an expert on the thing that you're planning. So yeah. even though your mm-hmm. plan is, you know, it's not going to go the way that you plan it. You are immersing yourself in the subject. You're learning about all the different details yep. so that when the day comes and you know, things are going to have to change. Yeah. You already know all those details. I mean, this is a level of planning that I feel like most people will never have to experience. Um, yeah. Like I, I'm, I'm trying to think it's like, imagine, I mean, I don't know if this is accurate because I've never actually planned a wedding. But imagine planning a wedding every single day for six weeks straight kind of thing. Like, mm-hmm. like I, I, I don't know if that's an adequate comparison, but I, I think it might be on some level, right? Like, and, so. and I'm not and not to diminish weddings or anything, because I know weddings are a big, crazy thing to plan, but I don't think they're as complicated. But it's like, imagine planning a wedding every day for six weeks, but you only have the groom for one hour a day, or you only have, you know, the <laughs> yeah. priest can only speak in whatever French or, you know, like, it's like, what, why? That's just what you got to work with. Like, okay. (laughs) That's just how it's got to (laughs) be. I mean, it's impressive. I mean, it's, it's a type of skills that most people don't have. I would imagine that you probably, 
um, for lack of a better term, leveled up a lot during this experience. Because yeah, I mean, that, it was for sure, definitely. I mean, it was a learning experience for everyone, absolutely. But I definitely think I, you know, I don't want to say even learned a lot because I don't know if that really kind of fully kind of, you know, encompasses it all it it's more than just like learning it's just understanding everything now and knowing what you can and can't do and because that's the other thing too is that as i went like and i'm also very most most ad's in the industry the reputation of an ad is that everyone hates the ad the ad's are a-holes they have to be mean they have to be just jerks just to get everyone on time and everyone hates and and that's the generally that's the general agreed upon like idea of what an AD is. And I always said at the end, I was like, I I, I think I'm gonna I'm going with the pity approach to be an AD. <laughs> everyone just feels sorry for me. So like, oh, I guess we should. That, Poor yeah, Sean, he's like, he's working Mabby so hard. <laughs> he's working so hard over there. He's doing his gosh dang best. Like I I very much was not the jerk and, and in some levels that's a bad thing like you kind of need to be in a little like i guess i knowing when you need to be i suppose is the real key to it but i very rarely if ever was um and when i was i was very not like confrontational or aggressive about it i was just like this needs to happen sorry we can't do this like this is just this is what it is you know i'm really really sorry that kind of thing um well, well we'll talk to your cast and crew and see if they agree <laughs> yeah, yeah. we'll maybe. get some feedback um but yeah i mean yeah I, I don't know there's and there's so many other there's there's so many different like every single little like every like i said every second it just feels like it's like you're you know this is also i think a metaphor that's been used to describe lots of different things but it's like you're you're laying the tracks as the train is rolling down so it's just like I don't know how we, this is going to yeah. crash at any second, any second of the day, this thing is going to crash. And somehow at the end of the day, you're like, okay, we didn't crash. I don't know how that happened. Today. And you just do that. <laughs> you didn't crash. Next day, the next day, the next day, the next day. And there's been, and there were a few days, like I said, that were awful. And it did feel like we maybe got derailed or we maybe, we did have to, we, we realized we weren't going to film, be able to get to the scene today. Well, we just, we just got to, schedule into the next day or the, and so there were some days that on paper me you know the directors matt and jordan and i and the second idea or whatever we would be looking at the night before going like okay tomorrow is not going to work tomorrow's going to be a train tomorrow is going to crash we know just on paper already there's no way this is going to happen <laughs> but we don't have any choice this is what's we it's there well, it's going to be fun right everyone haha <laughs> and then like we would do it and be like how did we do that there, there's no there there's no way there's we had no right pulling that day off the way we did and so those days feel like you're like you feel really good and it's like there's definitely that element too of like the high you get specifically like at the end of the day when everything is like okay there's nothing that could go wrong we're like we're done i could call it that's a wrap for the day everyone and there's like this high that just like I know I'm going to be back here in 12 hours and it's going to be just as awful, but for a few minutes and maybe an hour or two after that, you're like, ah, I don't, I don't even care. I don't even care if tomorrow my head's getting blown off. <laughs> we did it. It was somehow yeah. it worked out today. Yeah. I don't know. I'm trying to think of other just like stories and stuff. I mean, along with the heat and especially the night shoots, the, the mosquitoes, mosquitoes were ungodly. Like, I've been, you know, we've been camping all of our lives. I've been outdoors. I'm used to mosquitoes. It was insane. I cannot 
even begin to describe to you oh, man. the mosquito levels when we were out shooting. Because a couple of locations were like out in the woods kind of locations. It was, it was ridiculous. It was ridiculous. It was so, <laughs> like, like, it was. I don't know. I don't. I. I can't even describe it. It was like. It was like rain. It was like sleet, but with mosquitoes everywhere, and and so you want to cover up. They like they go through your hoodies. They go through your jeans. They go. So you get on different layers. And I had a jacket on, and it's at night, but it's still like ninety degrees. So you're ninety degrees at night bundled up in jackets and your body heat and you're probably sitting in over 100 degree just like your own sweat every ounce of your clothing is just drenched and you're still getting bitten somehow just (laughs) everywhere that's exposed and you're just like i think i sent you a photo at one point weeks ago during the middle shoot of me like on set doing do you do you remember that photo i sent to everyone in the group chat or something well yeah we couldn't figure out what was going on though so yeah that was like the epitome of just like i so what we were filming is in the movie, there's like a, a a beast monster kind of thing, and it's this giant prosthetic that was made with lots of moving parts, arms, and and okay. all this stuff. But someone is in the suit, like there's a person in the suit. Oh god! <laughs> and the person in the suit has very limited mobility. It's really hard for them to move. It's a pain in the butt for them to move. And we figured out that was a thing where we we didn't really figure that out till the first time we were shooting with that that suit oh god this is horrible it takes us half an hour just to get in the suit and it's not as mobile as we thought it was so we like these scenes that were supposed to be this thing moving quickly like tarting through the trees or whatever now it's just like well that's that's not gonna work how do we film around how do we make this work and so we're figuring this stuff out so on one of the nights like two or three a.m in the morning we have the guy in the suit and he can't stay on his own so it's me supporting this like whatever 200 pounds or more with a suit from falling down as I'm getting bitten with mosquitoes in like a hundred degree temperature and people and we're filming like that's a shot from like you can't see it but the camera is on the side you know that is actually being filmed and I'm behind the guy in the suit so I'm not seen in camera but it where I'm in the shot, you know what I mean? Like, right. yeah. like I'm just behind him, supporting him, and the whole time I'm in. You obviously can't see this in the photo, but the whole time in my ear, I have the script supervisor going, "Sean, what are we doing? Sean, what are?" We... And I can't like <laughs> my hands are taken, and we're filming. <laughs> Normally, when we're filming, I go, you know, people know that we're doing the take because I'll go, "Okay, rolling," and then that tell, lets everyone know in the crew, no matter where they are, that to be quiet or to not enter the set or to not radio people because we're filming. But I wasn't able to because I had my hands taken up by this thing. So the whole time, we're, and I'm calling, rolling. All right, camera set, and call when you're ready. Action! And then I'm supporting this guy, and then I get a radio on my ear. Sean, what are we doing? Sean, hey Sean, what are we doing? And I'm like support, like, and I'm like sweating, and there's mosquitoes, and it's just like, it's like the the most hysterically ridiculous thing that you could think of. To the point of like, I you just kind of like you're you're you leave your body and you can't even like <laughs> process what's happening. How did you... <laughs> there was no one else on set who could hold the guy in the suit up. <laughs> well, there potentially were, but like they were either actors in the scene or the directors aren't going to do it because they're directing and their makeup or you know the hairstylist is this little small little. Um, Japanese girl, or like you know what I mean, like, right. that, and that's essentially the first AD is kind of that's what you do is you are the one who has to do like when something needs doing, the first AD kind of is the one who has to do it. You, you know what I mean, like to an extent. Obviously, yeah. there's some you know, give and take, and 
maybe a PA if we had PAs routinely used PA like you know but it was an indie film so the nature of an indie film is kind of just everyone does what they have to do mm-hmm. and so it was just like <laughs> uh, and so anyways one of the other crew members my friend took a photo of me and that <laughs> like oh my god you got to see this photo and that <laughs> I was do just, remember like, that photo, photo and I just don't at the time yeah, I was like you, what am I even context, you at? can't tell what it is but like that photo was like circulated the rest of the shoot as like the picture of the na- just like how everyone felt in the like this is this is kind of the epitome of this shooting this film uh so are you sure you actually made a movie i don't know the lens cap is on the whole time (laughs) um that is actually pretty funny because the you know my friends matt and jordan the directors matt is the is the dp the director of photography um and so he's coming up with all the shot lists and stuff and he's the camera operator as well and stuff and just occasionally jokingly like as i'm calling it out that's why we're calling it out i'll call sound and make sure sound's speeding and recording and you know you, there's all these things you call out as part of the process and there's a couple times where i'll call camera and there's i think one time maybe twice where he wasn't recording during a take and he just told me he's like i wasn't recording during that <laughs> oh no i wonder how often that happens we needed another take anyway so it was it, you know there was nothing you know that was bad but it was just kind of like funny just like uh, i forgot i wasn't recording <laughs> so did you cover for him and say oh we gotta redo well, that like because um... we because we ran we did another take we just didn't you know we never needed to cut like uh oh i think i could do a better performance oh actually we need to get it out again because i flubbed this line you know what i mean just like oh yeah okay we're doing it again and we just kind of look at each other like yep uh-huh, <laughs> that's all fine that's awesome <laughs> yeah uh, yeah so uh so it's it's wrapped how long has the shooting been wrapped um we wrapped at the end of july uh, so uh, not quite a month a few weeks ago yeah, yeah about a month do you guys do less. you guys anticipate there's gonna be any more shooting of any kind or is you guys are pretty much um i don't think so they just recently uh, they are i'm ha- i'm not really involved in any of the posts but they recently have a i forgot what they call it a uh uh, uh, not a rough cut. There's a there's another term they used. Um, a factory cut, I think, is what they called it, or something, or assembly cut, something like that. Oh yeah. Where it's basically they have a real basic cut of all the scenes, kind of you know, in order, kind of thing. Then they just have that uh, this week. I think they got that. But there's it's going to be months and months of post production. You know, I mean, actually editing it. So you know, yeah. knowing what works, maybe removing scenes, changing order, blah blah blah, different takes, using different angle whatever you know editing editing whatever right but then also color correction and special effects and post-production sound effects music like all of these things it's going to be um at the very earliest early next year before there's any version that is even close to like you know watchable and most likely won't be until well into next summer probably until there's a version that is you know widely or not widely but that will be viewable by you know you know an actual audience that's not part of the production right i mean so your your last movie 12 hour shift kind of you know like a lot of things got the shaft because of coronavirus um yeah do you what's the plan for release is there a plan for release for this one a release date no i mean I, that... I can't speak too much on the details of that i don't know for sure i know just generally speaking the plan is very similar to most indie films that is you know um festival circuit as much as possible try to get into festivals which builds you know publicity and and just you know name recognition and hopefully get some accolades or you know people talking about it there and from there 
possible uh, a distribution company picking up. I mean, that's what happened with 12 hour. We got really lucky Magnolia pictures, which is a really big distributor actually yeah. bought it. Um, and so with it, that's the same idea anyway. Okay. Um, so that's the process that has to, I mean, you guys are putting the movie together now it's being put together Yeah. and then shop it around and hopefully, yeah. hopefully get some attention at a film festival. It's, yeah. Okay, cool. I'm just wondering when I get to watch it. That's good. Yeah, it'll be it'll be a, f- a while before anyone can really like see it, see it. But um, but I would, I mean, I'm hoping I'll be able to see some. So the other thing too is like you know we had dailies, and so I was able to view dailies a, a couple times, not a lot, but I was I was watch dailies, and it, yeah, it would it would almost be kind of crazy because like it is very not glamorous. I mean, it's a kind of a joke of you're sitting there doing some menial thing. And the joke is like, can I, you know, can I interest you in a glamorous job in the film industry as you're sitting there getting bitten by mosquitoes and you're unraveling rope because you need rope to hold up a fake lantern that shows up in the corner of it. You know what I mean? Like right. Just like really mean nothing's glamorous about it during the filming process. It's all very just like just just. Not bo- not boring, but not at all glamorous. Mm-hmm. But then when you go watch the dailies, you're like, "Oh my god, that looks like good. that looks like a movie. <laughs> that wasn't what it looked like when we were filming. <laughs> like it's just like the frame is so crazy, and and the lighting, uh, the lighting team specifically was so good on this. It, they made it look uh, just incredible. So that helps a lot, obviously. Um, so yeah, checking out some of the dailies, I it, it like I was impressed. And I was there during all the filming, and I would still look at the dailies and go, "Whoa, what? That that looks awesome. That looks really, really cool." So that's always that was always a lot of fun, just being able to check it. Not that I checked them out a lot, but when I did, it was it was good to see. So it sounds like it sounds like, despite a lot of, I guess, strife, um, sounds like you're proud of the work that you guys have done. And oh yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, that's good. Yeah, I mean, I think that's the I, I, to an extent. Like I said, I don't know how any movies get made, and I guess that's just kind of the nature of movie. That's just always what happens. That's how it happens. I guess I, I, it still seems crazy to me that for as crazy, impossible, hard it is to make a film, there are so many films and TV shows and th- like, every, like how are all these things getting made? I mean, I guess they're not all great. Uh, I, I don't know, but. Um, but it's still crazy to me the amount of stuff that's actually filmed based on, you know, how yeah impossible it is to do it. I mean, one of the biggest wild cards is people, humans. I've learned yeah. that doing theater. You know, the more that you add, yeah. the more wild cards are potentially adding to the situation. Yeah, sure. And like you said, you know, you plan, you plan till the cows. Yeah, I mean, on. that's the other thing too is like I like was saying, I, it's so hard. I can't imagine doing this, a film like this with people that weren't awesome, that weren't great. Like because everyone I worked with was great and they were great to get along with. You know what I mean? There was no drama or, you know, conflict or bickering or fight. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. which you hear about stories, right? In, oh, there's, there's drama on the set of this film, or apparently these people didn't get along. This That was not at all the case in our film. Everyone got along. Everyone was just great. And it was fun to like be around these people it's just still, even considering all that, it was still hard. I can't imagine that type of environment and then adding in all these, you know, personnel detail or uh, problems right. that would just make it even worse. But, like, uh, that would just make it, I don't, I don't know how people would go through that. Yeah, the type of problems that you're just like, oh, this doesn't need to be happening. Like, <laughs> yeah, you know. exactly. Yeah, that's, that, that's yeah. really good to hear that you didn't have to deal with that, that you know. Yeah, in general, everyone was super fun to just, like, work with. And obviously, and the other thing, like, 
I get, things like that, you know, you you kind of form friendships, trauma bonding kind of thing, where it's just like, oh yeah, we were in the trenches together, doing this silly, crazy thing. So you kind of like, oh yeah, we'll we'll be friends for you know, just forever, whatever, just because we have this little moment near this bonding together, doing this crazy stuff. So that was touching. Friends forever. Friends forever. Well, Sean, maybe it was because of your unique style of um, set direction that uh, people got along so well. So there you go. Add that to your yeah. There we go. Your credentials. It wasn't everyone felt so sorry for me they couldn't fight each other. <laughs> I believe it. Well, the guy he's uh, over there yeah. trying. He's doing his best. I remember one one another day like there was a because when you're on the radio whenever you're trying to con and everyone has different channels for the different departments so art departments on five and makeups on six and lightings on seven whatever but I'm generally always on one which is the main channel because I have to call everything and generally be speaking to everyone so whenever you're talking to someone on the radio you always you know it's blah 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 sean for daniel sean for holly sean for rebecca if you have a question like i need hey we need two more lamps on the street sean for rebecca we need two more lamps on the street hey sean for holly where's the knife we're missing the knife uh well you know whatever it is and there was one day i was just so like out of it i was like sitting in the middle of the set and we're waiting for something and something was going on and i was sitting with matt and and holly which is the art director and a couple other people and I was getting something in my ear, and then finally, and I was trying to talk to, I forgot who I was trying to call, but I'm just like, Sean for Sean. <laughs> but I was like, completely, like, legitimately, like, asking, and they're like, Sean, did you just say Sean for Sean? And I just, like, stared at him, and then, like, walked out of the room. <laughs> I want to I animate that. <laughs> and I don't even remember specifically what it was, but it's just like that, it's just like every minute is filled with those things. It was like, uh, we have to do this, and we have to do this, and we have to do this. Uh, yeah, I know. Anyways. Uh, yeah, so that's making movies. So has anyone, have I enticed, has I, have I enticed anyone out there to go start work in the movie industry? <laughs> well, I mean, the one, I have never worked on anything on a professional and scale as that, or such a large scale, but, you know, like I said, you know, I work theater, and that's, there's a lot of the similar, um, there's, a, there's yeah. a lot of similar challenges, but with that, it's like, at least you guys, you know, you can worry about what the audience is going to see later, right? Like, you got to get, mm-hmm. you get it in the can, yeah. and then post-production is a whole other thing. You know, you, you know, live performance, it's happening, you know? We're, <laughs> yeah. Problem, you better work it out in the next five seconds, because, yeah. you know, so. Yeah, I mean, that, there were, and that was, that's always, that's kind of a running joke with all productions. We'll fix it in post, where it's just like, um, you could see that in that shot, or this was not the same in that shot of the previous shot and it's just like we're out of time and we've already started changing the lighting setup for this next shot uh we'll fix it in post <laughs> and like eh, all right sure yeah i'll fix it in post. Not my, not uh, but yeah like, I, because i've I, I would the closest job would like first ad is like stage managing in theater that's what it sounds like uh, yeah yeah um but i mean and again this is just like my limited perspective on this one film so maybe it's not indicative of actual you know most productions or most things i don't i can't really speak for you know more than what i've experienced but but based on everyone else who i talked to who have worked on other productions and stuff like that they're they like yeah this is how movies are made 
<laughs> Are you sure? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> because the other thing too is that like everyone like I also find is the AD you stop caring about like that's a bad way to put it, but I don't know how to else to say it. You stop caring about continuity and these other things. You're just like we're two hours behind. You don't need to fiddle with the curtains and the window in the background of that shot for another thirty seconds. Just film, like, but it's not going to look good, Sean. Like, I don't care. <laughs> like, I'm not actually saying it with that tone of voice, but that's what I'm thinking. Where I'm just like, I don't care continuity. Well, on the previous shot, his hat was angled slightly. He's like, no one, what? No one cares. No one, no one's going to care ever, ever. And so I would get into these big debates with like other crew, especially like art department. I'd be like, give me three movies that you don't like, that you think are bad movies because of continuity. And that would be my argument all the time. They're like, well, this this lamp is not the same lamp as this shot. I'm like, okay, who cares? Like, well, it's not, it's gonna, continuity is not gonna match. I'm like, okay, and? So what? No one's gonna notice. Like, <laughs> it, like it sounds bad. Like, that's not as strong, but... But when it's just like, well, either we get it with miss, missing continuity or we don't get it at all. What? That's our choice. Yeah. Right. It, so it sounds like it's like it kind of a that. you have to pick yeah. your battles type of situation. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think a saying that I definitely learned to like, you know, repeat is don't let perfect be the enemy of good. Where it's just like, yeah, we could spend literally hours on every single shot if we want it to be perfect. But you have to just like call it at some point. And every department wants it to be perfect, right? Every department lighting wants it to be. So lighting could take an hour just to light one single little coverage of close-up. And art could take this. And makeup could spend another hour making sure everything is... But that, like then we would get nothing filmed. I mean, sometimes we would take an hour to film one shot. One shot, like, and so that's the other thing is when I watch movies now and whatever, anything now, there's this whole this other this whole other element to every single shot I see where it's like, I want like especially like action sequences, mm-hmm. you know, like action movies where you'll have whatever thirty shots in the span of like whatever two or three minutes, and just like trying to imagine how many hours it took for them to film this one two minute sequence. And it like that's why you say these films are it's a whatever uh, six month shoot or something like that is because it probably took them four days to film this one scene or something like that. Huh. Yeah, it's crazy. Well, it's quite a quite a process. Um, you know, I at the end of the day, I hope it's worth it. It sounds like it will be. I'm, it, yeah, no, it totally is. I mean, I'm sorry, I'm, I I hope I'm not painting it like as a purely negative thing. Um, because it, it definitely is not that, but it, I, but it, it's also hard, or you know, not to kind of convey it with my experience and being truthful about it. But like I said, like everyone was great. I think it looks great, and I, yeah, I mean, I was already happy and proud with it. Like I said, what I was seeing, and after every day, it was just felt good. And and on all the people that were in the film, so we had like Tim Blake Nelson was in the movie, and he would repeatedly say how impressed he was with everything that we were doing, wow. that he had been on bigger production films that had 10 times the production that weren't as professional as we were, that weren't as cool, like that kind of stuff. So that always felt good too. It was just like what we, we were constantly getting the feedback we were getting from everyone involved was always just so great. So yes. that, that helped a lot. That's, in, that's invaluable because that's, that's word of mouth. I mean, you've worked with people yeah. who, you know, have more ties in the industry and they'll be able to say like, Oh yeah, that production company is on the ball. So that, that's, yeah. that's pretty amazing. That's pretty great. I'm so proud of you guys. 
<laughs> Yay. Um, yeah, well, it'll be fun in a year's time when or if the film comes out. We could do a review of... Oh, man, that's going to be the best. Actually, we could do that for 12-hour shift, maybe. I think maybe it'd be fun to do it without you. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I guess I would like... not have to. Or I could just be on... I would like... Well, yeah, do it without me. That would be interesting. <laughs> But and every time we critique the film, with like this part, Sean didn't really get, do a good job <laughs> yeah, <just> with <laughs> this or with that. We'll always make it in reference to you doing whatever it was. Oh, and a small other fun thing is there was a train, a railroad track, like that ran right by the set. So, and beforehand oh, during God. pre-production me and the second ad were trying to figure out if we could get a train schedule to know when trains would be running but it was a freight train it's not a commuter train and the freight trains through like northern pacific or whatever there's no schedule which is already like that to me is like that's that's, no, that's, that's nonsense yeah there's, no there's there's literally there's no set schedule which is in like what what forget movie making how is a train <laughs> industry the shipping agency or you know, uh industry able to not have a schedule. What do you mean? There's no schedule. So, anyways, so there was no schedule. We could not like plan for trains, and so there would be trains running 24 hours a day, even during night shoots, and just they would blow takes because it's like and this really intense scene, or you know whatever, and then train whistle. Oh god! All right, yell, people yell at you over the radio. Sean, the train. <laughs> no, turn, turn never, off the like, train. They it they would never blame me for it, but technically it was my fault. Like I. It, there's nothing I could do. Like, it wasn't really my yeah. fault, my fault, but that should be, if there was a solution, it would have been my job to find that solution. And I did, there wasn't, <laughs> like, luckily, we only probably ever had, like, maybe five or six blown takes. A lot of the time, we were just lucky and the trains would run through be- between takes, you know, while we're setting up or whatever. But that's just a whole nother, like, so it's just like, oh, God, we finally get it going. We have finally cameras up. We finally have everything in place. <sighs> And we're recording, and train, ah, no! And then, you know, then we got to wait five minutes for the train, so then some actor wanders off, and then they got to reset the art in the background because this changed. And then it doesn't just put us back five minutes, it puts us back 25 minutes, because then we got to get everyone back, hurting everyone back together. And uh, Sorry, I'm just, like, rambling now. This is just my therapeutic session of going over everything. Why are, what, well, I, why are, I, go ahead. <laughs> Yeah, I enjoy hearing about it because the whole thing seems like you're saying it's a big puzzle and like I love problem solving and everything you're talking about like, ooh, how would I approach solving this problem? How yeah, would I, so you know. for the train thing, for example, so we're like, okay, we there's no set schedule. So what's another thing? What we could do is, oh, you know what they have? They have live camera, live traffic cameras yeah. on highways nowadays. So we looked, we looked up live traffic cameras, but the only one was south of our set and the trains always ran north to south. So that wasn't oh. helped. So we're like, God dang. So like, what if we... What if we buy a webcam and we like go put it like we were trying to come up with these other things and eventually it wasn't so much that we gave up. It was just like, okay, there's too many other things that we have to worry about. We don't have the bandwidth to worry about this anymore. It is what it is. We have to like figure out how to do like actually make the rest of the movie. Um, well, how that, that's yeah. Oh, I was gonna, how long is the average shot? Like when you do when you do a take, how long does it usually run? Like thirty seconds. Um, I mean. Yeah, I mean, it kind of depends. I mean, that's the other thing, too, is that, like, so, for like I was mentioning earlier, page count is a huge thing, because on paper, in broad sense, that kind of determines how much you could shoot in a day. Generally speaking, we average five to six pages a day, but some days... 
were crazy days and we filmed like eight pages that day, which is a lot. But maybe it was a dialogue heavy scene, which generally speaking are easier to film because there's not a lot of movement. Once you have the lighting set up, there's not a lot of adjustments. It's pretty basic. If the actors know their lines and they all generally did, you know, then there's yeah. not a lot of retakes because they forgot their line or whatever. Um, but generally speaking like that, you have a take where it's the full, the wide shot. And so let's say it's a conversation scene that's three pages. It's about a three-minute take, right? But then you have to move into the close-ups, and each one of those takes is three minutes because you got to get the full three minutes on this person saying their lines and reacting, and the three minutes of these person, or then maybe it's a two. You know what I mean? Yeah. So um, long dialogue scenes, and like each, you learn to recognize the pros and cons of each kind of like type of scene. So like. Uh, a scene that's just a dialogue heavy scene, like it's a five page dialogue scene in some ways you're like, Oh, this is going to be a simple day because the setup is going to be pretty simple and the shots are going to be pretty simple, but each take is going to take five minutes and that is going to be, so you're like sitting there every take, every take is taking time. And so you have only done three, four or five takes and it's been 45 minutes and you've only got a couple takes, right? Because it's so long each take. Whereas like an action scene, where it's maybe only a page long and you're like, oh, it's only a page. That should be fast and easy, but it is an action scene. So it takes five shots and each one of those shots is a more complicated setup where we have to adjust the lighting for each setup and the lighting adjustment takes 20 minutes, half an hour, 45 minutes just for this one. You know what I mean? So it's like every scene, there's there's nothing easy. On paper, like again, going back to the planning stages, we thought, oh, this day is going to be easy. This day is going to be easy. And then we get to that day, and like, why did we think any day was going to be easy? There's no such thing as an easy day. Yeah. There's just no such thing as an easy day. Well, yeah. sounds great. <laughs> In general, though, I don't know, takes would be, I don't know, about a minute, in less than that. I would say average. Most it, most takes weren't like big, heavy dialogue, monologue kind of stuff, so they'd be shorter. Yeah, I, just, I was trying to get, like, yeah. you know, an idea of, like, okay, well, if, if, if a shot gets blown, how much time did you really lose? Because I know, it's, yeah. like, you don't you didn't just lose the time up until someone, you know, yeah. before the director said action. Obviously, you lost all the prep time. You lost yeah. all that kind of thing. And I was thinking, like, oh, what if you just sent someone up the road one minute and then called you on the radio when, when the train's yeah. coming or something? But We thought about that, doing that, too. But the other thing is, like, you don't want to lose one because we're yeah. in film. We don't have a huge crew. We don't have, like, all these PAs. Normally, a big Hollywood right. production, you have a couple PAs that could do that kind of thing. But we didn't really have that. Everyone was busy or doing something to put someone on that kind of duty was just something we couldn't afford. So in the long run, it was fine. Like I said, we only had a few blown takes and it and we ultimately didn't lose a ton of time for that, but it was another just factor involved where, yeah, we right. just had to be aware. Like, And then the other thing too, is that like what ends up happening is during the edit, you know, you might have a five minute long take where it's great up until the last minute, but because we're editing and cutting, we'll just use a different angle for the last minute or, you know what I mean? Like, right, right. so, you know, yeah, that makes sense. Like, it, yeah, it is kind of problem solving, but a lot, it's, it is kind of funny because you're, you won't be, involved in the editing even though maybe you had you made plans during the shoot to in in accordance with what you know will well should happen during editing yeah yeah for sure and then yeah and then there's just like you know some things that happen serendipitously and it's like turns out great that weren't planned or it was an accidental occurrence you know what i mean like whatever and those just like oh that 
that was not planned at all that was amazing awesome that worked out better than we could have possibly have planned you know mm-hmm. what i mean so yeah wow i mean i yeah I've, I've like i said i've never worked on anything that scale i mean the closest the three of us did i mean we've done yum chunk stuff but yeah i know that's right like it's fun looking back and i was like man i wish all movie making be like could be like our yum chunk shorts because those are just like that is just like fun non like start to finish and it's like that yeah that could everything could be like that like it'd be fun to like make a yum chunk short and try to do it professionally in the same style <laughs> like just like not style but like same like all the procedures and like okay we're yeah. gonna plan out this and like yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, the the only one that we did that comes to mind is the uh, postmodernism video, because of that involved yeah, a ton that's of the people. Closest, yeah. And yeah, it, right. it, that that felt like a it, you know kind of like what it sounds like with your experience, like kind of herding cats. Like uh, everybody's the got their own brain. It, everybody's sure. yeah wandering around and got to corral everybody. So yeah, it's a lot of work. I mean, it's it's impressive. It's very impressive to me, and it's also just really interesting to hear about. So. Sean, uh, the next movie you guys do as like a bonus, like short, like add on, you should professionally recreate a Young Chunks video, like just a really <laughs> short one, like Tinkles or whatever, yeah. and and get like Tim Nelson to play Matt <laughs> in that video. <laughs> yeah, and it'll be like, yeah, this will be easy, and then it's like a two week just like, <laughs> goes over budget, and just like, how did this? Ha- what happened? Why is this? Like- Every, every, everyone, go, just, everyone go watch Sprinkles on Yum Chunks if you haven't seen it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. I think the, the other thing, too, is as the writer, like like I said, there's it's kind of interesting because as I was writing it and one of the things I did as I was brought in is kind of like adjust it knowing what we could and couldn't do. But we were still rewriting stuff up until like like till shooting knowing that like, oh, in the script, something sounds so easy. Like in the script, this character pets a cat as she rocks on her porch that is like just getting a cat on so like okay where's the cat coming from who's getting the cat so <laughs> yep, cat's cut there's no you know what i mean so a lot of it would just be like you write a line in a script and you don't really fully understand the implications of what that means until you get to the set and you're like oh this is impossible why did i write this in the script <laughs> <laughs> and then you're just like um yeah we don't need that right yeah we don't need that all right good we're cutting it we don't need that <laughs> <laughs> oh well what an experience in, indeed um i don't know i mean you we've been talking but we kept going i didn't know how much there was going to be to talk about in this subject but it, we've been going for almost two hours so well yeah like i said i think i just kind of unloaded just kind of dumped everything regurgitated a lot of my experience hopefully people found it somewhat interesting we, if can, not then at least i got some therapy yeah, we're, yeah i was gonna say we're, we're, include we're, this uh, monologue as the bonus feature on the dvd <laughs> yes this will be the commentary I'll just put this over yeah over i mean i was i was video. thinking you know you were talking about reviewing it but we could do a, a riff tracks or a commentary of the movie ooh, um, that would be fun riff, riff tracks websites lets people upload their own and sell them so <laughs> It is funny too because, like, like I was saying, there's so there's a story behind, like, there's just an entire struggle between be, behind each shot, and so it's just like, oh yeah, I remember shooting that shot, and when we did this, the you know this broke this bottle broke on top of everything, and we had to sit there and sweep for ten minutes to clean up broken bottle shards everywhere. Or you know, in this shot, this was supposed to be this, but then whatever the 
sun came out and then we had to change it and the lighting had to put this whole you know bounce block bounce board up and that took another 20 minutes and we had to if you notice here he's standing at a completely different angle because it didn't make you know, blah, blah, blah. right yeah well i mean that's a that's a very it's 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 really cool to know somebody who's gone through this experience and to be able to hear all the, the nitty-gritty because yeah. like like we've mentioned it's a yeah. lot, of, a lot I mean, of stuff you don't think about while you're watching movies. It was too bad that it was during COVID and that it was in Arkansas because it would have been fun to have like you guys come to set or something like that, and maybe in the future, during if there's other future productions closer or anything like that, or post COVID, that's an opportunity because it would be really fun to kind of have you guys there and show you around at the same time as like. It would also be really stressful for me. Like, oh, we're trying to film, and then I have like, oh, hey guys, and have to pretend yeah. like I'm just like, yeah, just let's, everything's fine, everything. Yeah, fine. I was gonna, I was about to say, I don't know if you want us on a set that you're working on. I mean, maybe yeah. maybe give us a bench and say, okay, sit here and don't move. <laughs> well, it'd be fun to have you as extras because that that's primarily what it would be. It'd be awesome to like have you guys, bring you guys to be background um, because that's what a lot of like you know Jordan's parents and and stuff were background and stuff, and it would be it would also it would be kind of awkward like i could tell when jordan was like really upset or angry and like his parents like how does he 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 probably didn't care too much but like if i ever got really upset like i gotta pretend like i'm not or they're just gonna see me get really, and not, not that i ever got angry like you know what i mean i never really yeah. blew up i just pushed it deep down inside yeah that's how you that's the healthy way to deal with <laughs> um negative feelings well it sounds great sign us up for the next round we'll be there cool we'll we'll Absolutely. We'll drive out to Arkansas if we have to. We'll get the special appearance by Yum Chunks. Yes, in the next feature. Excellent. We we have to we have to film uh, the the full length live action feature of Pillow Fight Z. <laughs> yes, exactly. Oh wow, man, that'd be great. Or or Turtle Interrogator. Yeah. <laughs> yes. There's so many good choices. I'm trying to think of what would the best one be yeah. to like professionally recreate. Yeah. How do we have all these IPs? <laughs> <laughs> we could do the behind-the-scenes true story of Korakas. Yes, um, but it, by, by the by behind-the-scenes true story, we mean the the fake story with Hobo Sean and us taking <laughs> yes. our spirit forms. And yeah, we got to ex- expand <laughs> yes. on all that extended Korakas lore. <laughs> Never actually talk about Legend of Korra in the movie. Yeah. Okay. We don't even ever actually show it. Um. Well. Yeah, I guess uh, I think that wraps us up for the most part. I would say so. Yeah. Um, unless you guys have any other final thoughts or questions or anything you wanted to. No, I'm just I'm just so in. full of information now. I'm just so full of facts. I've just yeah. been I don't know what to do with it all. So, other than to say congratulations and also a little bit, I'm sorry. Yeah. I mean, it is partially your fault, but it's okay. thanks. <laughs> well, no, yeah, it's really exciting to hear. Thanks for sharing yeah and once once uh, again we are proud of you and i'm very excited to see both movies eventually one day Hope, hopefully in a theater one of them would be great one day yeah can... yeah i mean i still haven't even seen 12 hour shift so i'm just excited to see it too. and just for the audience uh, just so they understand they both movies do take place in the same cinematic universe right Yes, just exactly. for continuity. Yeah. Ghost of the Ozarks is a prequel to Twelve Hours. Well, the the nurse character we're, we're in Twelve Hours Shift can just Arkansas be Cinematic. Oh, sorry, it can just be a descendant of somebody. From... Yeah, exactly. there you go. This is the Arkansas Cinematic Universe. Uh, I like it. Arkansas is a fictional place now, by the way. Yes, it is. It's never been real. Also, figure out how to fold Terrible <laughs> Interrogator into that universe because that's next. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, cool. I mean. 
That was great. <laughs> it was good to hear about that. It was, it was genuinely very interesting, and um, yeah, it's and also just it's out, also just yeah. nice to be back on the microphones and doing this again. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. Speaking of which, now that we're back, let's hope let's make this a pattern. What else are we going to be talking about soon? Well, I, I wrote down a short list of our when we, before we started uh, recording, and we we've been talking about doing an episode on Hamilton, possibly. And none none of this is for sure. Um, We also are in the awkward situation of um, Mulan is about to come out. And uh, that would be a movie I think we would normally cover under normal circumstances. But given the whole, it costs an extra $30 to watch it. If you want to donate $30 for Yum Chunks to then talk about Mulan. Look, if... Feel free. Venmo if us. someone will Venmo us the thirty bucks, we'll do Mulan. If enough people listen to this, which you know that's already a tall order, but if enough people listen to this episode, tell us if you want a Mulan review, and we'll consider it. No promises though, because thirty dollars extra on top of a Disney Plus subscription is ridiculous. But that's being considered, and yeah, there's a, there's been some news over the summer that yeah. we want to talk about. Tenant, tenant is some. We just got to get your bubble. If we get you a bubble, Chewy, then we can maybe go see Tenant. Okay. Um, I don't know. There's other movies that are kind of maybe going to come out sometime in the near future. Um, and what? Else? Oh, Bill and Ted comes out this weekend. That might be a possibility. But other than that, there's a lot of stuff that happened over the summer that I think we want to talk about too. Just in terms of entertainment news, the DC fandom event that took place, um, the Mike and Brian dropping out of the Netflix Avatar remake. Yeah. So, oh, I'm on IMDb right now because I'm looking at your 12-hour shift credit, um, and there's an, a banner that says New Mutants comes out in theaters tonight. I don't know what oh, that could be. Yeah, New Mutants. We got to talk about <sighs> I that, I have too. no idea what that... I didn't think that movie was ever going to come out, so that's something that we could we can explore, yeah. we can talk about. We'll uh, fi- we just got to figure out how we're going to do these episodes, but we will be doing more episodes more frequently now. Excellent. Now that I'm back from Arkansas, and now now that um, Chris has a baby, yeah. Now that I'm about to go back to work and <laughs> yeah. be busier than ever, now it's great yes. time to do side projects like this. So, well, more episodes sure. coming your way. We don't know what, but sometime in the next couple of weeks, I'm sure yeah. we'll have another one. So there you go. I don't know. That's it. Cool. Sean has gone to Hollywood, or he's gone back to he's back to Hollywood <laughs> yep. from Hollywood. What an adventure! As they say in the movies. Hey, bub, it's hard to make movies. That, classic That's saying. so yeah. rap. <laughs> we did say that all. Oh, here's a little, here's a little bit of, um, uh, little movie making trivia for you. Little lingo. So the last shot of the day. So like, you know, you're shooting and you have the last shot set up for the day. That shot is called the martini. So at the end of the day, I'd go martinis up as in. We have the cameras up and ready to shoot the martini, and then we're going to be done. It's called the martini. Oh, boy. That's exciting. So that's... And the second to last shot is called the Abbey. So just also... Now, now I know those things. Well, can I yell martini for this episode? Yes. All right. Martini. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's enough. Good night, everyone. And rolling. Bye. <laughs> Okay, do we do a count out or? Cut! Boom was in the shot. This has been. After the credits. A Yum Chunks podcast. Yum